Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, City Church family, or afternoon, or whenever you might be watching us. Thank you for joining us for part three of a series that we have called Saved. Now, if you are watching this Sunday morning, uh, February 21st, and you are married or you are engaged, we have an amazing event tonight called Real Love. We have John and Helen Burns uh, joining us. It's going to be an amazing night. You don't want to miss that. It's not too late to register. Um, If you are going to be watching the post show, they'll have a link for you in the chat to be uh, for you to register, or you can just go to thecitychurch.ca, and under our events tab, you will have a chance to register there. Again, John and Helen Burge, they are amazing on the topic of relationships. It's just $20 to register. $20 is a great investment into your marriage and relationship, so you don't want to miss that this afternoon. Uh, Nicole and I will be joining you with the Burns at 4 p.m. this afternoon. It's going to be a great time. All right, let's just pray before we jump into week three of our series. Father God, we are just so thankful for your goodness today. We just love you so much. We thank you, Lord, that you do save us. We're just so thankful, Lord, for your help in every area of our life. We just thank you as we lean into your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your grace upon us. We thank you, Lord, for your grace to minister your word and to hear your word. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, like I said, this is part three of our series that we have called Saved. And as we look in the scripture as a totality, we see um, the physical pictures of salvation in the Old Testament with Moses and with the kings and with the judges and the prophets. And how many times in the history of Israel that they would physically save the children of Israel from a location or a bad leader or a bad situation. And then we remember specifically about the children of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage. And all of these physical types in the Old Testament are um, fulfilled in Jesus, that Jesus saves us spiritually. All of these things happened in the Old Testament to point us to Jesus, our Savior and Messiah in the, in the New Testament. Now the word, the Greek word uh, for salvation is sozo. And it just means this, it means saved. It means made whole. It means spiritual and eternal. It means granted by God. It means to make well. It means restoration. And what we're gonna be focusing on today, this idea of being rescued or delivered. It means safety. And then used in context, it also means physical healing. Now we said Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body. So he's done something for us, spirit, soul, and body. Now the noun of saved or sozo is soteria, the Greek word soteria. Soteriology is the doctrine of salvation. And we would see being saved from spiritual death. Spiritual death means just to be separated from God. And instead of that, we have a relationship with God. And what comes with that relationship with God, salvation is wholeness. This spiritual salvation that we have is actually experiential in our lives. Just because it's spiritual doesn't mean we actually don't have it. Because it is spiritual, it is actual. It's something that we can walk in in our lives. A couple foundational verses, Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says this, 
For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, that we all have an opportunity to receive the salvation that God gives. Psalm 37, verse 39 says, The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 says this, Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time I have listened to you, and in the day of salvation, God says, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We would look to the Old Testament and we would see that there was just one day where they would be delivered from Egyptian bondage. But for us, in the New Covenant, every day is a day of salvation. Every day is where we can experience wholeness from God. Man, and it should bring us joy. I, I never really understand sad, angry Christians because I feel like they've missed the point of salvation. They've kind of taken themselves too seriously. Now, we want to take God seriously and his salvation seriously. And when we do that, we will actually have joy that, why? Today is the day of salvation. Again, spirit, soul, and body. Now, week one, we talked about physical healing, and that's obviously for our bodies. Last week, we talked about um, forgiveness and how that affects us eternally, spiritually, but then it also affects us in our hearts right now if we offer forgiveness to others. So today, we're just going to focus a little bit on our soul. Now, all of it is you. You are spirit, soul, and body. We would see this described in the New Testament. It's not separate, even though sometimes we try to separate it out uh, for teaching purposes that you are, um, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Now, sometimes we try to separate it, and I, I know one of my Bible school instructors told a funny story about somebody who got a hold of some of this teaching, spirit, soul, and body. I'm not sure if it's a true story, but it gets the point across. He said that this person was traveling through this really small town somewhere in the States, and he was speeding, and so he got pulled over. And you know you always have the opportunity to uh, protest if you were actually guilty or not. And so since it was such a small town, he was like, you know, I, no, I wasn't guilty, so I want to go before the judge. So that same day that he was speeding, he went before the judge, and this was the case he was pleading. He was like, well, you know, you were guilty of speeding, and, you know, the, the police officer has the, you know, the indicated number on the radar guns. You're obviously guilty. And so his plea to the judge was, no, judge, that was just my body. That's just the sin in my flesh. My spirit, man, would never speed. And so it's, I'm not truly guilty because I really am a spirit being like God. We're created in the image of God. And so it's just my body that was guilty, not the real me. And so the judge thought for a second. And he said, well, okay, your body then is charged to three days in jail, but your spirit is free to go. In other words, it's all you. You are spirit, soul, and body. And God saves us. He does something for us for every aspect of our lives. Now, part one of, uh, or just the first point in this message is my affected soul. It's always a good question to ask. You know, we always ask somebody, how are you doing? 
It might be hard to answer that question. A lot of times we just say fine, but when we get into some deeper questions, we could say to somebody, how's your soul? How are you doing? How is your mind, your will, and your emotions? How are you thinking about life? How are you processing things uh, through emotionally and specifically in this season? It's a really great question to ask ourselves. How are we really doing? How are we doing in our soul, in, in the center of who we are? Because God has actually provided salvation for us, spirit, soul, and body. And life can have a tremendous negative effect on us as we live, depending on what's going on. And we see this picture um, here in Exodus chapter 15, verse 22, and it says this. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. And when they went into the wilderness of Shur, they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Merah, they came to drink the water of Merah, but because it was bitter, therefore it was named Merah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it in the water, and the water became sweet. So they came to this very specific place, Merah, and the, the word Merah became the word bitter. Came to this certain place, and they thought, oh, this is going to be the place, or maybe this would be the time that my soul would be refreshed. But what did they get instead? It was bitter. It was hard. It was difficult. And then what did we see that Moses did? He cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, or it means a tree. And he threw the tree into the water, and the water became sweet. Obviously, this is a type of the cross, that throwing the cross into the midst of a bitter experience that we have, that God will take that bitter experience and he will turn it sweet for us. And this is when we think about salvation, that God has salvation for every aspect of our lives. But this is such a great descriptor of life that it can be very disappointing. And man, we've been in a season that seems to keep going on and on. And it can be just a time where, you know, I would expect this and then... We go to get a drink, and it's like, oh, something else bitter to drink. But the secret is, is what Moses did. In the middle of the bitter, bitter experience, if we realize that God is throwing salvation into the middle of the bitter pool, man, life can become sweet. That God is doing something for our souls. Because there's going to be things that we have no power over. Children of Israel looking for water, they came to this place, and they thought it was going to be refreshing, and then it wasn't. And it just became bitter. In other words, when life doesn't meet our full expectations, have you ever experienced that? You thought this was going to be great, and then just was a little bit disappointing. And then you met this person, and it was like, you were so, so excited to meet them, and then you realized they were just human, just like you are. And these things can happen over and over again to us, and it just it can become bitterness for our soul. Now, different from physical healing, you know, when we have an attack on our body, it may or may not affect us emotionally that we could experience, you know, pain in our physical body. But these things that happen to us on the inside, they're hard to track sometimes. It's hard to quantify it. Like answering the question, how are you doing? It's like, well, I don't know how exactly I'm doing. How am I doing in this season? 
And that's why we think it's so important right now for you to be in a city group. Because we all need to be able to have these conversations with people of like mind faith so we can be like, how are you doing? What are you feeling in this moment? So that we can remind ourselves of the goodness of God, that we can remind ourselves, oh, God wants to throw his salvation into the middle of my bitter pool so I can experience who God is. Because these situations that we come up to that fall short or are a disappointment, it could produce fear in us. It could produce anguish. We could become anxious people. Our life can feel disarrayed. I I thought this, and it's like, oh, again, another disappointment. It could feel like torment. Scripture says fear has torment. It can just create a storm on the inside of us, a storm for our soul. But what is God providing for us in the middle of these bitter situations, in the middle of the difficulty? Because that's something that we maybe can't describe about our soul, that God has actually made a provision for our soul. James chapter 1, verse 21 says this, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. In other words, thoughts and ideas and ways from God's word can change our bitter soul into a sweet experience. I I love that phrase. Uh, Put away filthiness and rampant wickedness. There could be things that I've done or there could be things that have happened to me that could create a bitterness on the inside of me. But instead, what do I want to do? With meekness, I want to receive what God says to me. And it has the ability to save our souls. In other words, God's word will help us. That's why I'm always wanting you to spend time reading God's word on your own because it's actually going to remind us, oh, salvation has been thrown into the middle of the bitter pool, that God is turning my situation around, that he is the God of salvation. He is actually doing something present tense in my life. Today is the day of salvation. We see, and we read this week one, the the picture of the suffering servant who is Jesus, and we might feel like this sometimes, but in it is a picture of salvation. Isaiah 53, verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds, we are healed. Now, we focused on that last part, week one. But here, the chastisement that was upon him, what did it do? It brought us peace. Now, we remember physically when Jesus went to the cross, they also placed on his head a crown of thorns. And that's such a tremendous image relating to thoughts that would come to our mind when we come up to a spot and it's bitter and it's difficult. Thoughts can continue to come and torment our minds and bombard our minds. But upon him was the chastisement of our peace. He exchanged something for us. He took that difficulty and offers us peace instead. That we don't have to remain in the mental state of that disappointment or or we don't have to remain in that part for our soul. What does God offer us in the middle of that? He throws the log of salvation. He throws the cross in the middle of our difficulty And he brings us peace. See, this is what salvation is all about, that God is bringing us something. 
God is bringing us peace. God is bringing us healing. God is bringing us forgiveness. We have to be wide open to what God is bringing us. And specifically today for our souls, when we come to a bitter place or we're facing a bitter moment or we're not sure what to do or thoughts are coming against our mind, what are we supposed to remember? That God has done something for us. That Jesus took this on the cross with the crown of thorns, the chastisement of our peace was upon a man and he brings us peace instead. See, and this reminds us about what kind of God he is. He is a saving God. He's not sitting on the sidelines. He's bringing us what we need. He's offering us peace. We need to be wide open to what God is wanting in our lives. The salvation that he's already accomplished for us on the cross, he's wanting to throw that in the middle of a bitter pool that we might be facing right now. What is his disposition toward us? And this is point two. He rescues us in our weakness. Now, have you ever rescued anyone anyone or ever been rescued? You know, it's kind of a, a fun experience. About 27 years ago, um, so Nicole and I dated and then we broke up and then we got back together and we're married and it's all great now. But in the season, while we were broken up, it's a long story, I don't have time to explain it. But while we were broken up, um, she got stranded somewhere. Her and her friend uh, went home to her, to Nicole's family's place in Arizona. I think it was for uh, March break. And they were coming. We were living in Tulsa at the time and our school was in Tulsa where we met. So they were on their way back to Tulsa and they got stranded in Elk City, Oklahoma. It's a real place. You can look it up. And so they tried to find somebody, anyone but me, because Nicole and I were broken up and you certainly don't want to call your ex to come rescue you. You know what I mean? So it's just not a good thing. So they were trying to find somebody, anybody. So they're calling anybody in Tulsa. Nobody was available or somebody was available, but they didn't have a car. So finally, worst case scenario or the best case scenario, no matter how you look at it, they called me and I was available to come and rescue them in Elk City, Oklahoma. So I showed up, you know, the, the night in shining armor with my car and brought them back to Tulsa. And I saved my wife from being stranded in Elk City. So anyway... <laughs> I know her. I can just picture her face right now as she's listening to this. But it's a fun experience to be able to rescue somebody, but also it's fun to be rescued, to not be stuck where you don't want to be. And this is what God does for us. He doesn't leave us in the place by the bitter pool. He actually throws salvation in the middle of the difficulty, in the middle of a bitter soul that I might be feeling right now. He brings salvation to us. He is rescuing us. Here's some encouragement from the scripture along these lines. Psalm 103 verse 2 says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
this portion of scripture, do we see what's happening here? It's like they're starting up, bless the Lord, oh my soul. But it's describing a bunch of difficulties that we might face, that we're going to sin and other people are going to sin. So we're going to have iniquity and that we're going to have sickness and disease. But are we focusing on all of those things or are we blessing God? Are we in awe of the circumstances? Are we in awe of the bitterness of our soul? Are we in awe, instead, or are we in awe of God who brings salvation, who throws the cross of salvation into the middle, the middle of our bitter soul moment? So God is providing something for us. In the pit, what is he doing? He's redeeming us. He's redeeming us from the pit. He's rescuing us from the pit. The pit of despair. The pit of my life is in disarray. The pit of I don't know what to do next. Which could cause for us just sort of just dysfunction in our soul. How how are you doing? What's going on in your heart right now? Could be a lot of different things could be a lot of feelings that we're feeling right now. What does God do for us? He throws salvation right in the middle of that thing that we would be facing. So we don't want to be in awe of the circumstances. We want to be in awe of the God who saves. Man, all of us, if we would say it, suffering, bitterness is the pits. But God is redeeming us from the pit. We see that illustration that Jesus gives. He, he, he's, he's, talks, <clears throat> he's talking to the Pharisees. There was somebody there who came to them, who came to Jesus that was sick. <clears throat> and he asked this question. Which of you, you know, has a sheep that falls into a pit? You're not going to reach in and pull them out of the pit. See, and this is what we need to know about the disposition of God towards us. When we are feeling that thing going on inside of us, we have to know that God is reaching out to us. Today is the day of salvation. We don't have to stay in the pit any longer. That God has peace for our souls. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 says this, But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So what is Paul saying here? You know, he's having, Paul was always going through difficulty and he wanted to preach the gospel. So all the Gentiles was here, but he said, so I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. Now, wouldn't you just rather avoid the lion Like, I just don't even need to see the lion. But God is rescuing us in those difficult moments. That's where God shows up in the middle of that difficulty. When we are at the bitter pool, God brings his salvation and rescues us. The psalmist speaking on God's behalf says in Psalm 91, because he holds fast me in his love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. 
God is rescuing us. God is reaching in the pit. God is driving to Elk City to save us. He is the one. He is the one that's coming for us. Because sometimes, most of the time, we don't have the answer. What do I do with these thoughts? What do I do with this torment? What do I do with all of these feelings? And it's nighttime, and I can't call somebody. What do I do with all of these things that I'm feeling? God is the rescuer. God is the one who saves. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11 my persecutions and my sufferings that happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra were the persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. That's his disposition towards you today. He's not hanging on the sidelines. He is the one that has made provision for you. Today is the day of salvation. Right now, in this moment. We feeling bitterness. We feel like, man, my whole life right now is like Mara. It's all bitter. It's all a struggle. Everything is really hard right now. Feeling all of these things. The Lord rescues us. The Lord brings salvation to us. The Lord reaches out a hand to us in the pit John chapter 10, verse 29 says this. My father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. See, God is greater than all of the situations. However we could describe what's happening in our heart, or however we would feel about this moment, or however confused we might be in this moment, and I kind of feel like I have no answers, and my soul is in disarray, there's nobody that can take me out of God's hand. Why? Because he's the one that saves me. He's the one that brings the cross to the middle of my situation. We're actually going to sing one more song here in a second. And it just reminds us of the goodness of God. But we're going to finish here with a very famous story about a storm and Jesus' reaction to it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 says this. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Then leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. This is what life will be like. There will be difficult storms and it's just going to come up out of nowhere and it's going to feel like a disappointment. It's going to feel like you thought you were going to get some fresh water, but then it was bitter water and you thought the relationship was going to work out and it didn't work out. And you thought you were going to get free of this and all of a sudden you weren't free of this. It's just going to be a windstorm that arises in our life. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, in other words, the back part of the ship, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Jesus, with them in the boat, said, what did he say? What did he bring? The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He 
brings peace for our soul. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, we don't have to be afraid. We can actually have peace in the storm. See, God is always leading us forward in our lives. God is always asking us to go forward and do things. And sometimes those things are difficult. And here's the reality of life. As we go forward in life, we are going to face storms that arise out of nowhere. Now, God is not bringing those storms. God is not placing obstacles in our way, but he is with us in the middle of the storm. And we would say sometimes, God, don't you care? And then what does he say? Peace, be still. He brings salvation in the middle of the storm. He brings the peace that we need. He's rescuing us. He's right there and he's right here with us today and he's offering us his hand of salvation. If we find ourselves in the pit, if we find ourselves at the bitter waters, he shows up and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to stay in that place. He brings salvation for our souls. He rescues us. Let's just pray today. Father God, we just thank you that you are the God of salvation, that you are bringing to us the thing that we need in this moment. When maybe, Lord, we can't even describe the emotions that we're feeling right now. We, we can't even describe the condition of our heart. We can't even describe the condition of our thinking. So many things, Lord, going on on the inside of us throughout this year and throughout this difficult season. And just like the disciples faced a windstorm that arose in the middle of the storm, Lord, we know that you are with us, that you are offering to us because what you did on the cross, that you are offering to us rescue and peace. And you say to us, you speak to us, the words that save us. We don't have to be afraid because we know that you are with us every step of the way. We thank you for that today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, are you today watching us for the first time you, or maybe you, you feel like today, I don't even actually have a relationship with God. And I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. This is a short prayer. And what the prayer does, it just invites God into the middle of our situation. It invites God into the middle of our lives. It receives the sal that we would receive the salvation that he offers. The gospel, the good news is all about what Jesus has provided for us on the cross. Jesus came, he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because he did that, he offers us a relationship with himself. It's called righteousness, or in other words, right standing with God. And it just comes as a gift. And all we have to do is say yes to that gift. So if you're watching today and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, you pray with me today. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. And he died on the cross. And you raised him from the dead.
so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, today I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.